Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gear, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Suzanne Douglas, Richard Donor, Pop Smoke, Robert Downey Jr., Harrison Ford, and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still have that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus. So if you have a fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going in. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. Just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about it, click on the follow-up button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347 347- 637-2656 and press the number 1. That's 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. Also, like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertain 1. That's T-H-A-T-S Entertain and the number 1. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14. Stiletto like the shoe. S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O and the number 14. You can also follow me on Instagram at T. Jones Gives. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is up mostly sunny and hot, 90 degrees. Before I get started with the first story of the day, I'd like to give a shout-out to all my listeners out there. Thank you again for hanging out with me on this Wednesday afternoon. Unfortunately, we wasn't here last week. I took the week off. But, uh, you know, they said that once you miss a week, you miss a lot. You know, Bill Cosby came out of jail. Uh, that was a big deal. Uh, we also were going to be talking about um, two celebrities that we lost this week, actress Suzanne Douglas and Richard Donner, the uh, director. Uh, Suzanne, we lost this morning, and Richard Donner, we lost or, uh, over the weekend. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, Pop Smoke. He, he was a rapper who was allegedly, uh, he was killed uh, by a group of teenagers, and apparently his alleged killer has dodged the worst sentence. We're going to be talking about that. And fans are in a frenzy after uh, they found out that Robert Downey Jr., has um, kind of unfollowed all of his uh, Marvel co-workers, or co-stars. We're going to be talking about that. And Harrison Ford is on the road to recovery after he, after a week after he got injured on the set of Indiana Jones. So lots to talk about. Uh, how was your weekend? We just celebrated July 4th. Lots of activities going on. Uh, we finally had a chance to uh, have crowds joining in and look and anticipate and be spectators at the, at the country's birthday. And uh, that also went with uh, controversy, too, as uh, Victoria, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, 
former Miss America Vanessa Williams was hosting another show where she sang the Black National Anthem. We're going to be talking about that. So how is everybody doing? Um, you know, it's been, uh, I don't know how you guys are, wherever you are. I'm here on the East Coast broadcasting live from New York. It's been a very hot and humid couple of days. I know the Northwest uh, has been, uh, it's been brutal out there with the heat wave and all. And now there's a tropical storm that's heading up. From the east, uh, heading up to the east coast right now, it's in Florida right now, and um, also the people who um, that had died in that collapse of that building in Surfside in uh, Florida, uh, they had to demolish the building. I mean, there's still a lot of people that they haven't found, and they had to demolish the building due to the uh, bad weather. But um, you know, it's just sad, and this all happened a week ago. I, like I said, we was off for a week, and you know they say once you miss a week, you miss a lot. So, but let's get started. Uh, we're going to start with uh, actress Suzanne Douglas. Apparently, uh, she's a, she was a veteran actress with four decades of stage and screen work to her credit. She passed away. She was 64 years young. Uh, the when they see a star cause of death has not been revealed, but her passing was confirmed by her family on Tuesday night. Douglas was born in Chicago and raised by her single mother along with her three siblings. She developed a passion for the arts at a young age and earned a bachelor's degree from Illinois, Illinois State University as well as a master's in music from the Manhattan School of Music. She appeared on Broadway in Into the Woods, Three Penny Opera and The Tap Dance Kid throughout the 80s before venturing into films and television full-time. The actress was perhaps best known as the matriarch Jerry Peterson on the WB sitcom The Parenthood, in which she starred opposite Robert Townsend uh, from 1995 to 1999. Douglas earned an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture for 1989 TAP, going on to star in a string of high-profile films, including the 2003 hit School of Rock. And in 2015, she portrayed gospel legend Sissy Houston in a Whitney Houston biopic directed by her house, Stella Got Her Groove Back co-star Angela Bassett on the Lifetime Network. She also was a frequent guest star on top TV series, including Bull, Bones, The Good Wife, Law and Order, Criminal Intent, NYPD Blue, and many more. She most recently appeared in the acclaimed 2019 Netflix miniseries, When They See Us, which earned two Emmy Awards. Douglas is survived by her husband, neuroradiologist Roy Johnson Cobb, and their daughter, Jordan. So rest in peace to Miss uh, Suzanne Douglas. She was a regal actress, beautiful woman, and, you know, this was just a tip of her resume. She appeared on so many things and acted in so many things, and it's unfortunately that she's gone, and um, hopefully we'll get to find out what was her cause of her death in the coming days. Another person that we lost, uh, Richard Donner, the prolific genre-crossing film and TV director who helmed 1978 Superman and reinvented the buddy cop action comedy genre with the lethal weapon movies. He died Monday in Los Angeles. Uh, his family said through a spokesperson he was 91. The cause of death was not disclosed. The Bronx-born Donner, who attended NYU and majored in both business and theater started his career as an actor before moving to directing for television in the late 1950s. And Donald worked on more than two dozen popular TV dramas, comedies, and westerns of the 60s and 70s, included Wanted, Dead or Alive, Route 66, The Twilight Zone, The Band from Uncle, Gilligan's Island, and Kojak before turning his attention to Hollywood movies. And after a terrifying audience with the 1976 horror movie The Omen, Donner was offered $1 million 
an astrological sum for that time to direct Superman. The Warner Brothers hit starring Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder grossed more than $300 million globally, scored three Oscar nominations, and forever cemented Reeve's place in popular culture as the Man of Steel. In 1985, he made the Steven Spielberg uh, produced cult classic The Goonies He also directed the medieval fantasy film Lady Hawk that year And he met his future wife Lawrence Schuller Donner On the set the, uh, They married in 1986 And, and in 1993 They founded the, Donner, the Donner's Company Which has produced such blockbusters As Deadpool The X-Men movies And The Wolverine uh, In 1987 Donner Cat Mel Gibson and Danny Glover as unlikely cop partners in the action film Lethal Weapon, which led to three sequels and a TV show and launched Gibson as a global movie star. Two great people that we lost. Um, so rest in peace to his family, to Richard Donner and Suzanne Douglas, and prayers to their families. Uh, Pop Smoke, alleged killer, has dodged the worst sentence. Corey Walker, one of the men arrested for the murder of the rapper, was possibly facing the death penalty for the crime, but now it looks like he will escape that fate. On Tuesday, July 6th, a Los Angeles County Deputy District Attorney confirmed that prosecutors won't seek the death penalty for Corey, the 20-year-old who is the only adult suspect among a group of teens charged with the murder, appeared in court for a rearrangement uh, but didn't enter a new plea because a system glitch prevented prosecutors from filing the special paperwork confirming their decision. Corey was initially ordered to return on Wednesday to enter a new plea, but his lawyer said that the paperwork issue wouldn't be resolved in time, so both sides agreed to postpone his new plea to next month. And uh, they said that the that they said that they haven't talked about a deal or a resolution, and they said that they really can't until the death penalty is removed. That's what um, that's what one of uh, the I guess one of the prosecutors has said. Uh, Corey was charged with murder with a special circumstance that alleged the killer was committed during the commission of a robbery and a burglary. The other three suspects are being prosecuted in juvenile court. Pop Smoke, whose real name was Bashar Baraka Jackson, was shot and killed during an armed robbery in Hollywood Hills, California, in February of 2020. The the suspects were reportedly targeting his Rolex watch, which they ended up selling for roughly $2,000. Robert Downey Jr. had made may have hung his uh, Iron Man suit, but he is still closely associated to the Marvel superhero. But fans were left in shock when the actor had seemingly distanced himself from the character he made famous in big screen. It all started as fans noted that the Alec McBeal alum is now unfollowing his MCU co-stars, including close friends Chris Evans and Tom Holland on Instagram. And in fact, he only followed 43 accounts, and his fellow Avengers stars apparently didn't make the cut. The 56-year-old actor was changing the, uh, he even changed the header uh, on his account to remove the Iron Man photo he had previously and replaced it uh, with his portrait in black and white. His moves sparked theories that he's moving on. Now, despite the wild theory, it is noted that Downey's social media account was previously handled by his longtime personal assistant, Jimmy Rich, who passed away in a horrific car crash last May. It is possible that the actor's agent was also responsible for unfollowing his uh, Avengers castmates and even removing his Iron Man profile picture. It's likely that Downey team is trying to focus on promoting the Footprint Coalition, an organization he founded to fight the climate crisis, and that its official website described as a coalition of investors, donors, and storytellers committed to scaling technologies to restore our planet. Nevertheless, fans can rest assured that the Iron Man star doesn't cut all ties with his Marvel co-stars as he still follows them on Twitter. Harrison Ford is on the road to recovery. Around one week after he got injured on the set of Indiana Jones 5, the actor portraying a uh, Tyler Daredevil archaeologist in the franchise was caught on camera wearing an arm sling during an out and about. On Friday, July 2nd, the 78-year-old husband of Callista Flockhart was photographed taking a walk in London's Mayfair district with his right arm on a khaki sling. 
A picture surfacing online saw the actor looking comfortably in a navy sweater, gray pants, brown shoes, and a black face mask. The picture came nearly a week after Disney announced the incident involving Harrison. They said, quote, in the course of rehearsing for a fight scene, Harrison Ford sustained an injury involving his shoulder. Production will continue while the appropriate course of treatment is evaluated, and the filming schedule will be reconfigured as needed in the coming weeks. The film bosses have come together to work out the scheduling and its chaos. The earliest they think they can start the production in September, and uh, it's not... It was not what anyone was expecting, so to have to change everything is a huge blow. Everyone was concerned for Harrison, and they are glad he is on the mend, unquote. The long-anticipated movie marks the first in the franchise not to be directed by Steven Spielberg, who will instead serve as producer along with uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, and Simon Emanuel. The film is now hemmed by Logan and Ford vs. Ferrari director James Mangold and is currently slated for release on July 29, 2022. Right now we have 16 minutes after the hour. If you're just joining in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. And if this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome. This is That's Entertainment's uh, 10-year mark here on – no, I'm sorry, 11-year mark here on BTR. And uh, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Uh, we cover everything from entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. And if you like the show, make sure you like us and follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash that's entertainment radio. Follow us on Twitter at that's entertain one. That's T H A T S entertain and the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at stiletto fourteen and on Instagram at T Jones Gibbs. Also uh, this week, uh, Monique. Actress Monique, comedian Monique, she was not joking when she said she would tap someone wearing a bonnet in public. While she was hiking at Stone Mountain, the uh, almost Christmas actress reportedly approached a black woman wearing the headgear. On Sunday, July 4th, one person on Twitter shared a message she received in a group chat. She said, quote, my dad seen Monique at Stone Mountain today and she was talking to some girl with a bonnet on. The Twitter user uh, went on to post a video of Monique dancing with the unnamed woman in the bonnet, and she asked her to do the bonnet dance, whatever that is. The individual penned alongside the footage in the clip, however, they could be seen in good spirits as they share laughter while dancing. Now, Monique has been vocal about her opinions, saying that black women should not wear bonnets in public. In late May, she shared a video with a title that read, Represent Yourself with Pride, and in the clip she asked her fans, could you please comb your hair? And she said, quote, I'm not saying you don't have pride, but the representation that you're showing someone will have to ask you to know if you have it. It's not to get a man, it's just your representation of you, my sweet babies. If you, don't, if you look like you don't give a damn, how are you going to be treated? If I see you in the street, in the airport, in the Walmart, and you got a bonnet on, and you got slippers on, and you're looking like your auntie, I'm going to tap you and say, hey, baby girl, show what you're worth, unquote. Yeah, I don't know if you guys uh, know this, but, uh, yeah, uh, Monique was very vocal about uh, seeing um, African-American women out in public, in stores, in the mall, taking their children to school with bonnets on their heads. And she said that it's not, it's, it doesn't give a good look. And I know many times, you know, going out in the morning and, and doing a little errands, sometimes, you, yeah, sometimes when you're having a bad hair day, you know, it's crazy. Your hair just don't act right or you just didn't have feel like doing your hair. Usually what I used to do when I just didn't have time, I would just wear a hat. Uh, winter, spring, summer, fall, if I didn't have time, I, I would just put on a hat. I think a hat is much better than putting a bonnet because when you see a bonnet, you're thinking, you know, they, usually when we wear bonnets, we're going to bed or we're lounging in the house and everything. But she meant this. She did not want to see women out here in the street with this bonnet on their head. Um, that You know, that kind of reminds me when... Um, 
a couple of years ago when uh, we would see uh, women, mothers, parents, used to take their kids to school early in the morning, and they used to come in pajamas. That's right. They would take their school, take, I'm sorry, take their children up to the school, walk them to school in pajamas. And it got so bad that the principal in the school had to send them a letter home saying that we don't want parents coming to school in pajamas. It's like we've become a society that, that's just getting too lazy. And uh, I know a girlfriend of mine who lived in Charlotte, she said that she was uh, having a brunch at a Golden Corral, I think, one Sunday, and she saw people in there at the buffet in their pajamas. So, you know, what is the saying to our, our, our world? Are we getting that lazy, that we don't want to dress, we don't want to look the par? You know, remember back in the days when people used to uh, go on the air um, whenever you take a flight and people used to dress for when they would travel? Not anymore. People are just wearing um, Birkenstocks and uh, khaki shorts and they're just looking all whatever, and that's how they travel nowadays, so... Monique was not joking. Uh, actress uh, Marika, uh, Mar- sorry, actress Marika Hargitay. She hobbled into America's July Fourth weekend after reportedly falling in the rain and breaking her ankle at a New York event on Friday, July. Second, the Law and Order Special Victim Unit star tripped as she left an advanced screening of Marvel's blockbuster Black Widow at the Regal UAE's Hampton Cinema and had to be transported via an ambulance to Southampton Hospital. Now, according to the New York Post, page six, Hargitay uh, fall left her with a broken ankle just weeks after suffering a broken knee and a hairline fracture in her ankle during an incident in mid-May. It's unclear if the new injury occurred on the same leg. Now, a source tell page six that Hargitay had been rushing to leave the screening to head home and prepare for the Cinema Society event after party, which she was due to host at her nearby property. Instead, the actor had to spend the event under doctor's care as she was treated for the broken ankle with her husband, younger actor Peter Herman, by her side. Now, Hargitay has yet to comment on the news of her latest injury, but on Sunday she shared a selfie from bed and simply captioned it, Happy Fourth. George Lopez uh, uh, Shingon Kitchen has turned into a car crash site. A pickup truck smashed into the comedian restaurant on Tuesday, July 6th, leaving behind a huge mess with multiple injuries. Uh, TMZ report said that the law enforcement sources spilled that a driver ran a stop sign outside the Brew Hall in Torrance, California, and hit another car before it spinned out of control, sending it crashing uh, onto the side. Now, four people were injured in the accident, which included a driver of the two cars as well as a passenger and a pedestrian. All four victims were taken to a local hospital, but thankfully their injuries were described as moderate. No one inside the restaurant was hurt. And, and as to how the car crash impacted George's restaurant, photos obtained by TMZ show there's a lot of broken glass, busted frames, and smashed-up storage rack from where the car crash into the front entrance. While it would require a cleanup job, it apparently won't affect business. It is said that the building was not red-tagged and the restaurant will remain open. George has not addressed the accident on his social media accounts. The former Lopez Tonight host instead took to his Instagram page on Tuesday, July 6th, to promote the new episode of his OMG High with George Lopez podcast. Chris Brown, a former housekeeper, is suing the singer over an alleged dog attack. The unidentified woman claims she was mauled by Brown's Caucasian shepherd, Akshaka, named Hades, in December of 2020 while she was working at his home in Tarzana, California. Uh, in a document obtained by TMZ, the plaintiff said she was taking out the trash when the dog appeared and attacked her, ripping chunks of flesh off her face, arm, and body. The alleged victim claimed that Chris and his pals were at home, but no one came out to help her, and when Brown eventually found her, he directed his team to collect all his dogs and leave the property before police officers and paramedics arrived. She claims, adding that he was invasive and misleading when they asked him questions. The plaintiff claimed that Hades was euthanized weeks later by staff at the Humboldt 
County Sheriff's Office Animal Shelter after they ruled he was dangerous. The former housekeeper claims she went uh, she underwent extensive surgery to save her life, and she's suing for major damages. Right now, we have here uh, 25 minutes after the hour. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about um, the success of Fast and Furious 9. It had an unstoppable second weekend, and you've got to see the numbers. It's just it's, it's hot right now. Uh, Actress-singer Tyrese Gibson is reuniting with the fate the Fast and the Furious co-star Scott Eastwood for a new movie. And Scarlett Johansson wants her Marvel character, Black Widow, to go out on a high. And filmmaker Quentin Tarantino is convinced that Burt Reynolds died happy because he was excited about joining the cast of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Sarah Haynes insists there's no bad blood between her former the View co-host, Megan McCain. All those stories and more coming up after the break, so don't go anywhere. Thank 
Tune in to That's Entertainment, the number one source of entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on Block Talk Radio. Right now, we got 29 minutes left remaining in the show. That's the latest from Ariana Grande featuring Ty Dolla Sign and Safety Net. Before we went to the uh, music break, uh, Fashion Furious 9 is unstoppable. And on its second weekend, the entire entry in the Fast and Furious saga reigns over the North American box office on the 4th of July weekend with an estimated $24 million. The Justin Lin direct pick is expected to take in $32.7 million, bringing its domestic total to $125.8 million. The Vin Diesel starring action film has also performed well overseas and will likely surpass the $500 million mark. In the second and third place, The Boss Baby Family Business and the Forever Purge debut strong. The, ba- uh, the Boss Baby sequel earned approximately $17.3 million on its opening weekend, while the fifth and final film in the Purge franchise ranked in an estimated $12.8 million. It marked the first time the top three movies grossed over $10 million since March of 2020, and all three movies are distributed by Universal, Rec- uh, sorry, Universal Pictures. Sliding down to the fourth place is last week runner-up, A Quiet Place Part Two, which added an estimated $4.2 million on its sixth weekend. The Hitman's Wife Bodyguard is also down two spots to number five with approximately $2.6 million. Actor and singer Tyrese Gibson is reuniting with his at the Fast and Furious co-star Scott Eastwood for a new movie about the 1992 Los Angeles riot. Ray Liotta will also star in April 29, 1992, the upcoming thriller from the Iceman director Ariel Roman, which will focus on a custodian who takes his son to work only to find themselves caught up in a heist gone wrong on the first night of the riot. Now, like uh, Leota and Eastwood would play father and son, while details about Gibson's role have not been revealed. Gibson and Eastwood also recently worked together on an upcoming action thriller called Dangerous, and in the movie, Eastwood portrays a reformed sociopath who, after the death of his brother, heads to a remote island, which soon falls under siege from a deadly gang of mercenaries. Forced to fend for himself, he discovered their role in his brother's demise and set off on a relentless quest for vengeance. Oh, that sounds like a good one right there. Mm. Wow. Um, uh, Scarlett Johansson wants her Marvel character, Black Widow, to go on a high, uh, go on a high note, actually, but confirming rumors that the new blockbuster will mark the actress swan song in the role. The star first appeared as Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, in the 2010 Iron Man 2, and has since played the athletic heroine in seven Marvel movies, most recently 2019 Avengers Endgame, in which Scarlet Screen alter ego fell to her death. Now, with the prequel movie about Romanoff, origin story finally hitting U.S. and the U.K. cinemas this week after launching in other territories in June. Scarlett is ready to hang up the electric shop baton her former assassin character uses to fight off the Marvel Cinematic Universe bad guys. Uh, She tells live with Kelly and Ryan, quote, I really had had such a fantastic run. I love working with Marvel. They're like family to me, and I would love to work with them again in any capacity. But I think I'm ready to hang up my batons. I really feel like I had such an amazing run, and I like to go out on a high, you know. That's always the best way to lead the party, unquote. And Marvel Studio President uh, Kevin uh, uh, Sage, who also served as a producer on Black Widow, confirmed he's hoping that Scarlett will return to work with her MCU family from time to time. Filmmaker Quentin Tarantino is convinced that Burt Reynolds died happy because he was excited about joining the cast of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The Smokey and the Bandit icon had agreed to take on a small role in Tarantino's star-studded comedy drama and has been keeping busy learning his lines in the days leading up to his fatal heart attack in September of 2018. Tarantino said the night he died, what he was doing before he passed on was he was running lines with his assistant. Uh, the filmmaker said that, uh, quote, that 
that that's like sad and beautiful at the same time. He was so happy. I can honestly say he died happy. I'm pleased, not happy. Not saying he died happy because of me, but he was definitely happy when he passed on. Unquote. Bruce Dern ended up stepping in as Reynolds' replacement for the 2019 release of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which also starred Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie, and Emily Hirsch. Sarah Haynes insists that there is no bad blood between her former The View co-host, Megan McCain, and the rest of the co-hosts following the latter exit from the morning talk show. In a new interview, Sarah denied rumors that Megan departed due to onset drama. The TV personality went on to say, quote, if that was the case, who would be left, unquote. Uh, Sarah also continued to say of Megan that, quote, she's going to be so missed, but I think it's the perfect time. She doesn't even live here, which she was referring to New York City. She lives in D.C., and she has a new baby. This pandemic has made us all reassess what matters. That's really what it's, unquote. Megan announced her departure on the July 1st episode of the show. The Mama One then recalled that her father, the late Senator John McCain, advised her to join The View, which she claimed she didn't want to. It was her dad who encouraged her to do it. He said that if he could turn up an opportunity to work on such an iconic show and to work with Whoopi Goldberg, and he was right. It was one of the last things he told her to do before he died. And an R&B singer, her, has credited her experience of working with Barack and Michelle Obama as life-changing. The slide singer, real name is Gabriella Wilson. She teamed up with the former U.S. president and his wife on the upcoming Netflix series called We the People, which explore the importance of educating children through music and having the opportunity to join forces with a couple who have become known for their active act activism and philanthropist efforts since leaving the White House was transformative for the 24-year-old. She told Entertainment Tonight, quote, it was the most exciting more than anything. It was was more exciting than, than anything. And it made me really want to, you know, kill it just because of them being attached and being a part of it, unquote. The musician added that while the younger generation is dismissed by some, she believes she and her peers have the ability to change the future. And uh, Miley Cyrus has voiced her support uh, for Miss Britney Spears uh, during her Las Vegas show on Sunday, this past Sunday, by changing a line in one song to sing Free Britney. The 28-year-old singer performed at the opening of the Resort World in Sin City and adjusted the lyrics to her song, Party in the USA, to show her support for the toxic hitmaker who recently spoke of how she felt the conservatorship she's been under since 2008 is abusive. Uh, Changing a line, which is usually Anna Jay-Z's song was on, she chanted, the taxi man turned on the radio, he turned me on and said, free Britney, free Britney. This is this isn't the first time that Miley has shared her support for the 39-year-old singer as during her performance at the NFL TikTok tailgate Super Bowl pregame show earlier this year where she shouted, we love Britney. And during a concert in Memphis in 2019, she repeatedly sang Free Britney. Eve, Courtney Love, Rose McGowan, and Gowan, and Cher were also among Britney's earlier supporters as she was fighting to regain control of her life. And that was another big story last week about uh, Britney uh, finally talked about her conservatorship, how it was abusive, how it was more than just her managing her money. Uh, they, they had control about what songs she wanted to sing and about having children and all kind of craziness. So, uh and speaking of Britney Spears, uh, her first manager, who uh, scored her a six-album deal at the age of 16 and was reinstated into the gig when her father took over, has resigned, claiming that the pop star intended to retire from performing. Larry Rudolph filed his former resignation to Spears' father, Jamie, and her co-conservator, Jody Montgomery, Monday, saying he hadn't spoke to the 39-year-old singer in two and a half years when she went on to indefinitely work hiatus. In 2019, Spears suspended her Las Vegas residency due to her father's health issues. 
Rudolph resignation less than two weeks after Spears spoke out about her abusive conservatorship under which her father and various lawyers had had complete control of her life, allegedly dictating her boyfriends, her medication, and even her birth control. Uh, Rudolph resignation less than two weeks after Spears spoke out about her abusive conservatorship under which her father and various lawyers had completely control of her life. And he, Rudolph, insisted that he play no part in Spears' conservatorship, despite a report from the New Yorker that Jamie Spears himself reinstated him as the singer-music manager ahead of her 2009 circus tour. Uh, this is what he said in his, uh, as a matter of fact, this is what Rudolph wrote in his resignation letter. He said, quote, I will always be incredibly proud of what we accomplished over our 25 years together. I wish Brittany all the health and happiness in the world, and I'll be there for her if she ever needs me again, just as I always have been, unquote. Megan Thee Stallion may be joining the MCU soon, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if a new report is to be believed, the Hot Girl Summer is set to appear in several episodes of the upcoming Disney Plus series, She-Hulk. That's right. According to CBU, I'm sorry, according to CBR, Everything Always host Michael Roman got an exclusive tip from someone indirectly involved with the production on the Marvel series that the Good News artist will be making an appearance as herself on the highly anticipated series. Additionally, the FMC allegedly will recur the role in multiple episodes. Now, while Roman claimed that he's 99.9% sure about this news, he urged fans to take everything with a grain of salt, Regardless of the warning, fans of the Houston Femsey were both shocked and excited for the report. She-Hulk follows Bruce Banner's cousin, Jennifer Walters, who will be played by Tatiana Maslany. Uh, also reportedly joining the cast member is Jamila Jamil. The Good Place star was said to be playing supervillain Tatiana. Now, uh... The series is just one of many web TV series in development at the Mouse House streaming service following the conclusion of Phase 3 of Marvel Cinematic Universe, which started with Captain America Civil War in 2016 and ended with Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019. Michael Caine will host, host a new podcast series about famous gangsters, including The Craze and John Gotti. The two-time Oscar winner Audible original series is called Michael Caine Gangs. The Get Carter star said in the new podcast series he's uncovering the remarkable real-life stories from gangs across the globe, including his personal experience in 1960s London. Michael will begin with the infamous Cray Brothers of London East End, with whom he crossed paths in the 60s. Kane said, quote, I met them three or four times, but I tried very hard not to become a close friend. They're, they were very scary. He say, also said that he knew enough gangsters and he wanted to be a simple actor and not hit anyone or slash anyone with a razor. The craze inspired two movies, the 1990 film starring Martin and Gary Kemp of Sp uh, Spandau Ballet and the 2015 biopic Legend with Tom Hardy playing both twins. Throughout the six-part podcast, Michael will reveal the hidden realities behind the myths that surround famous gangsters. Upcoming episodes will focus on Colombian black widow Griselda Blanco and American Western outlaw Jesse James. Kane also added that throughout games, they're determined uh, they, that we're. He said that throughout the games, that they have determined whether the truth is stronger than fiction with these famous cases in history, as well as the present-day reality of gang life. Wow. Right now we have uh, 16 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to take another music break, and I'll be back with the last remaining stories of the day, so don't go anywhere. Can I lay with you outside? 
Sensational Snow Allegra and Whoa. Uh, right now we have here uh, 12 minutes left remaining in the show. Uh, and for the last remaining stories of the day, uh, Iggy Azalea recently released a new single and it has jump started conversation about her appropriation black culture again. After releasing the video of her latest track, I Am the Strip Club, she was accused of black fishing, defined as white girls cold playing as black women. And this was by a journalist by the name of Juana Thompson. The Australian rapper responded to the accusation via Twitter and slammed claims that she wanted to resemble a black woman. She said that the lighting of the scene was the culprit. And this is what Azalea uh, tweeted. She said, quote, I'm the same color that I always am, just in a dimly lit room with red lights. It's the same makeup from every other part of the video, just with a smoky eye and a different wig. Just ignore them. Who cares? Let them talk. Uh, Isaiah expressed more frustration about these accusations and said she feels it stems from her wearing a black hair-colored wig instead of her appearing darker than usual. And she also said, uh, she also posted, quote, I can't care about something that ridiculous and baseless. I'm wearing a shade six in Armani Foundation. It's the same, same shade I've worn for the last three years. It's the same shade in every music video since Sally Walker. Suddenly I wear a black wig in a club scene and it's an issue. Unquote. Now, this isn't the first time the fancy rapper has been accused of appropriating black culture. After her career took off in 2013, she was accused of mimicking a southern accent in her raps, which led to many rappers speaking out about her career in disappointment. In a 2019 interview with Cosmopolitan, Azalea said despite the massive criticism, she isn't apologetic about the type of music she makes. 
Since news broke that her pre-recorded performances of List Every Voice and Sing and the Star Spangled Banner, which aired during PBS 41st Annual A Capital Fourth event, former Miss America and chart-topping singer Vanessa Williams has been getting a lot of heat. In short, the rap reported that drama surrounding the song choices was set off when political news outlet like The Hill covered the story in referring to Lift Every Voice as seen by its other name, the Black National Anthem. As for the first black woman to be crowned Miss America back in 1983, we shared that with President Joe Biden officializing Juneteenth as a national holiday last month, she felt performing the song was a great way to honor America's newest holiday, a day which celebrates the freedom of black slaves in this country, while also celebrating what the outlet referred to as the nation's traditional Independence Day. And it's in celebration of the wonderful opportunities that we now have to celebrate Juneteenth, so we are a reflected of the times. That's what Williams said, quote, Unfortunately, many weren't here for the star performance of the National Black Anthem. In the reply to the Hill tweet sharing the news of William's performance, people were saying, ignorant people, i got to put that out there, were saying things like, uh, quote, I thought we were all Americans, now divided by color, what happened to one nation under God, indivisible, talk about dividing us. Another uh, ignorant person said, uh, lift every voice and sing, it's not any national anthem, this is only one national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, I should say, uh, that sounds racist, and they said, another person said that um, that they felt that uh, if you're going to do a, a black national anthem, where's the Asian national anthem or the Latino national anthem? They said they were just curious. Many other replies counter this uh Affirmation with tweets from an educational standpoint on the history of Lift Every Voice and Sing. And this is what a few of them read. They said, Lift Every Voice and Sing was published in 1905, 116 years ago, and some of us choose not to sing a national anthem whose third stanza boasts about killing our ancestors. No refuge can save their, hair, their hireling and slaves from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. Lift Every Voice and Sing has been named the Black National Anthem and an anthem of our experienced culture for a 100 years, plus years. It's been sung for generations as, as our anthem, and these comments attest to the extent of how invisible we are treated in this country. And it's often referred to as the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing, was a hymn written as a poem by NAACP leader James Weldon Johnson in 1900, a mere 35 years after the end of slavery. His brother, John Rosamond Johnson, composed the music for the lyrics. And that's why uh, there's a debate that's been going on in our country, why we need to teach black history, which is also a part of American history, in schools. The next generation of young white people in this country need to know this um, because ignorance is is a form of racism in my opinion, and most racists are ignorant. They don't know the history, they don't know the background, and, you know, we need to not only look, we, we know about President Obama being the first black president, we know about other inspirational figures like LeBron James, Beyonce, uh, Oprah Winfrey, but we should not ignore lessons that explore the impact of racism in the black experience. And it's imperative that teachers not reinforce a, 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 another version of black history that is anti-black because of its erasure of painful truths. And no matter what subject you teach, there are ways you can infuse black history into your daily lessons in a way that is prophetic and purposeful. And uh, that's why I said we need to have black history into a curriculum that's year-round. It shouldn't be just the month of February because not only you get to learn about uh, the good parts of black history, but there's also the ugly parts of black history. 
and also you got to know about all the things that everything that we have in our homes that we use in our everyday lives we have the, that were invented by black inventors which people don't know about most of uh, people in 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 our country didn't know about Juneteenth so that's why it's important that this next generation, in my opinion, should get a dose of black history as part of their curriculum, and it should be taught year-round because black history is a part of American history. And once we teach the next generation coming up, I think that will change the narrative. I think it will open their eyes and see, and let's be honest, we need to let the next generation know about the ugly truth about our country and help it explore about all the things that black Americans contribute to this country as well and that we can try to lessen the racism in this country. Because I, I, in my opinion, racism is just another form of ignorance. And because they just don't know, so we, I, in my opinion, I think they should teach Black history in the and put it in the curriculum all year round. Uh, ahead of the of the premiere of the 2021 Cannes, uh, Cannes Film Festival, Amazon Studio released the trailer for Val, a documentary that tells the story of Top Gun star Val Kilmer through his eyes in home video dating back four decades. Uh, According to the film's synopsis, it said that this raw, wildly original and inflinching documentary reveals a life lived to extreme and a heart-filled, sometimes hilarious look at what it's meant to be an artist and a complex man. For nearly a year, the documentary director Leo Scott and Ting Pu worked on the digitizing the thousands of hours of video, including footage from Kilmore's time on the set of movies like Top Gun, The Doors, and Batman Forever. The first-person documentary highlights the highs and lows of Kilmer's illustrious career, but also focused on the 61-year-old battle with throat cancer after his diagnosis in 2017. In the most harrowing part of the trailer, Kilmar uses a voice box saying that, I try to see the world as one piece of life. Val premieres on July 23rd at the Cannes Film Festival, and Amazon users will be able to watch the documentary in August on Prime Video. And there will be some puppy love on Sesame Street starting this summer. Elmo has adopted a puppy named Tango that will debut in a new 30-minute animated special called Fur Friends Forever. Elmo gets a puppy launching August 5th on HBO Max. Sesame Workshop, the nonprofit organization behind the popular children's series and decades of award-winning educational programming, announced its newest resident on Tuesday. In the special, the stray puppy is discovered by Elmo and Grover, who then embark on the adventures throughout the neighborhood with their Sesame Street friend Cookie Monster, Abby Cadabby, and Oscar the Grouch. The group searched through the local pet adoption fair in the hopes of finding Tango a forever home. The group searched through the local pet adoption fair in the hope of finding uh, him a tango a home. And a sneak peek of the special was posted on the Sesame Street YouTube channel detailing how the music-loving four-legged friend got her name. Now, according to the company, tango will be a main stay for Sesame Street with the aim to model safe behavior and age-appropriate help with a pet. In the forthcoming special and beyond, the Muppets will share preschoolers will show preschoolers how to meet a new animal, gently play with it, and brush a pet, teach new tricks, give baths, and show love and affection for their furry friends. The puppy will join the 52nd season of Sesame Street as both an animated character and a live-action Muppet, debuting this fall on HBO Max and streaming on PBS Kids in 2022. Uh, Megan Kelly has a serious new gig with Sirius XM. The broadcast will host a weekday talk show for the satellite radio show that begins September 7, nearly three years after her Today Show stunt ended in controversy. Sirius XM uh, announced Tuesday that the Megan Kelly show will air on its triumphant channel, 111, every Monday through Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time, with the program featuring the former Fox News host giving her commentary on daily news topics and conducting 
conducting interviews. Kelly has been hosting a podcast by the same name that releases episodes three days a week. Kelly rose to widespread attention during her tenure with Fox News, which ran from 2004 to 2017, and included her hosting the program, The Kelly Files. Kelly joined NBC in 2017 to host a portion of the Today Show. Her program was canceled the following year after she questioned whether wearing blackface as part of a Halloween costume is racist. On Tuesday, Sirius XM said it will broadcast best of shows from Kelly beginning August 16 uh, before kicking off the live episodes three weeks later. And a home belonging to actors Sofia Vergara and Joe Magdanello was reported the scene of a significant damage after a vandal wreck havoc. A man who'd been identified contended uh, Sofia Vergara is his mother and spray-painted messages such as his social media handle onto the Southern California home. He was still there when police arrived at the house early Monday, which has been under construction, and allegedly took responsibility for the damage. Police arrested the man but had not publicly announced any charges. The home, which is is in the Los Angeles area, sustained more than $100,000 worth of damage, and this is according to TMZ. Uh, Sofia Vergara and Joe Magdalena have not publicly commented on the situation. Vergara is a four-time Emmy nominee, um, four-time Emmy nominee for her portrayal of Gloria on the comedy ser- uh, series Modern Family. She has been married to Magdalena, whose movie credits include 2002 Spider-Man and the Magic Mike film since 2015. And. Um, that's it. Oh, wow. We are already at the end of the line. Thank you again for joining me here. Um, that's going to do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to Zach's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>